with great power comes great responsibility. I'm Batman. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Maybe your army comes, and maybe it's too much for us, but it's all on you. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. Superhero Marathon Spectacular! Hello there and welcome to Day 23 of the Superhero Marathon. It's getting down to these last few days. Well, I mean, there's still plenty left. And we, and we definitely have some more fun things to explore. So today, we are going to talk about the Blue Beetle. And if you're on Patreon, you heard Rish and I talk about all of the DC movies that have come out over the last seven years or so. And a little bit about the movies that are coming up this year in the DC slate. Well, one of those is Blue Beetle. But it is not the Blue Beetle that you'll be hearing about today. <laughs> uh, the Blue Beetle in the movie, I believe, will be the third person to bear the name of the Blue Beetle. Jamie Reyes, or Jaime Reyes. I'm not sure how they pronounce that. But he's the newest version of the Blue Beetle by DC Comics. The Blue Beetle that I remember from the 80s comics was Ted Cord, And he... Had his own comic book, but he was also a member of Justice League International and uh, got a lot of fame in that comic. Uh, but we're going to be talking about the Golden Age Blue Beetle. This will be Dan Garrett. And I'll, I'll talk more about Dan Garrett here in a minute. But this Golden Age Blue Beetle was created by Charles Nicholas Wachkowski over at Fox Comics in a title called Mystery Men Comics Number 1. And that debuted in August of 1939 as a comic book. And then the Blue Beetle radio serial aired from May 1940 to September of 1940 uh, on CBS as a 30-minute uh, syndicated series. So Dan Garrett is the main character, and he's a New York policeman who's kind of inspired to join the police uh, when his, because his father was killed by a gangster's bullet. Uh, does that sound familiar? <laughs> but the slow pace and the red tape of uh, the police department uh, soon led him to assume this new identity as the Blue Beetle. Uh, with the help of his friend and uh, mentor, Dr. Franz, uh, he acquired a costume of a, a bulletproof chainmail, but it was also uh, flexible and thin. So he began fighting crime as the Blue Beetle. So it's not necessarily a unique origin story, uh, but I kind of like that he's already a police officer and then also 
fighting crime as the Blue Beetle. That's kind of a different take. I meant to put it several years ago when I did the superhero marathon before, but I ran out of time or made another choice or something like that. So let's go ahead and hook up the old Whamper Dime radio tuner here and come with me and let's journey into Rocky Hill. Thelma, Daphne, and I will look around upstairs. Shaggy, you and Scooby check out the cellar. <laughs> like, why do we have to? Great. We'll meet up back here. Ghosts are lighter than air, right, Scooby? So they wouldn't be down here. They, like, rise up to the attic, right? Right. The Blue Beetle. Leaping down upon the underworld to smash gangland, the mysterious, all-powerful character who is a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. In reality, Dan Garrett, a rookie patrolman, loved by everyone, but suspected by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor, flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's transcribed episode of the Fox feature, The Blue Beetles, is entitled The Dancing Ghosts of Rocky Hills. Perched high on a rocky crag overlooking the ocean, not many miles from York City, sits Gray Crag's Manor. Surrounded by high stone walls, the large house dominates an estate of some 300 acres in Rocky Hills, East Chester County. Residents of Rocky Hills say the place is haunted. Some claim to have seen from a distance on moonlight nights the shadowy figures of dancers in the ballroom of the east wind of the manor. As our story opens today, patrolman Dan Garrett, who is really the Blue Beetle, little realizes that his next adventure will take him to Gray Crag's manor. He is talking with his friend, Dr. Franz, in the little apothecary shop. Uh, Danny, uh, here's an item I clipped out of the personal column of the Chronicle this morning. Hmm. Addressed to the Blue Beetle. Oh, I thought you'd be interested. <laughs> Somebody's kidding the Blue Beetle. You think so? <laughs> yeah, listen. Attention, Blue Beetle. Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet, eating her curds and whey. Along came a spider and sat down beside her and scared the poor girl away. Why should anyone address nursery rhymes to me? And there's a secret message in cipher concealed in that nursery rhyme. Are you serious, Doc? Yes. I deciphered it just before you came in. Oh, what's the message, Doc? How were you able to solve it? Well, the difference in size of type used throughout the rhyme gave me a clue. The young lady has evidently been reading Francis Bacon. Young lady? Yes, young lady. <laughs> well, this begins to look like a romantic adventure. And what makes you think she's been reading Francis Bacon? Well, he used to write many of his plays and poems in cipher similar to this. That's very interesting. What method did you evolve from this nursery, Doggirl Doc? Well, here it is, deciphered. 
Young heiress in dire distress. Only Blue Beetle can help. Come alone. Midnight. Grey Crags Manor. Urgent. Grey Crags Manor. I thought at Rocky Hill. Yes. The place is supposed to be haunted. Uh, sounds like a trap for the Blue Beetle. But it's certainly intriguing. Yes, isn't it? I think I'll take a run out there now and look the place over by daylight. Oh, why don't you? Uh, but be careful, Danny. That section used to be infested with bootleggers and rum runners during Prohibition. It's along the seashore. Lots of coves and inlets with rocky cliffs overhanging the sea. Sounds interesting. Are you planning on taking Officer Manigan with you? Oh, poor Mike's laid up with a bad case of poison ivy. Uh, that's tough on Mike. Yes, the old war horse is champing at the bit. I'm going to drop by and see him. Well, tell him I hope he'll be back on the job again soon. I will. Goodbye, Doc. See you later. Plenty? No, I have plenty of oil, thanks. What do I owe you? Up, Buck. There you are. Oh, thanks. By the way, uh, who lives in that old mansion up on the hill, overlooking the ocean there? Mostly ghosts, buddy. Don't tell me you believe in ghosts. Well, I don't know. Some folks in the village here claim to have heard music and seen figures dancing in a ballroom as they walked along the road. Hasn't anyone visited the place? Nobody around here. There's a guy with a club foot on guard at the entrance to the estate. Uh, sort of a caretaker. He don't let nobody in. Doesn't anybody live in the manor house? Yeah, there's a young girl, Rosalie Greenhole, and her aunt just moved in. She inherited the place of hoist. Is that so? How, uh, how recently did they move in? About a week ago. Ever see them? Sure. They drive by here every day in an old-fashioned carriage drawn by a couple of swell-looking horses. Who drives them? An old man in an old-fashioned coachman's uniform. You sure they're not all ghosts? Why, sure, I'm sure. Well, Joe Digby on the corner there sells some groceries and things. He says the coachman does all the ordering. The girl and her aunt don't talk to nobody. They're kind of snooty, Joe says. Well, that's very interesting. I've got to get along. Ghosts or no ghosts, the fellow's got to make a living. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Well, so long, buddy, and stay away from haunted houses. drive through the gates there and up to the manor house. I'm a camera fiend, and I'd like to take some shots of the house in the ocean. Ain't no one allowed on the grounds. Owner's orders. No. Well, uh, you suppose if I phoned up to the house from your lodge there, the owners would give me permission to take some pictures? Ain't got no phone. Uh-huh. What are those, uh, wires running up the road there? Them? Uh, why, them's electric light wires. I see. Well, thanks for the information. Oh, Excuse me, stranger, my my alarm clock's going off. Must have said it wrong this morning. Hello. That you, Clubfoot? This is Blackie. What's that? Some guy wanted to take pictures of the place. Wasn't a harness wall, was it? No. All right. Now, listen. The girl got a message out from the Blue Beetle somehow. The old man's lawyer saw it in the newspaper. Be on the lookout for the Blue Beetle. With the spider wise, too. Okay. 
So tomorrow, Spider's taking a suitcase of the queer over to Mac at Hastings when he takes the girl and the rat out for a drive. Right. Take care of things. Goodbye. I wonder if the blue beetle got my... What's that noise? Oh. Good evening. Or should I say good morning? The blue beetle. Yes, the blue beetle. You sent for me. Here I am. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm in such trouble and so frightened. Will you help me? The blue beetle is always ready to help anyone in distress. I didn't know what to do. You were the only one I felt could help me. I'm watched every minute. This place is... It's so spooky. It terrifies me. Then why do you stay here? I must. By the terms of my late uncle's will, I have to remain here until I'm 21 in order to inherit the money that goes with this place. Mm, That's a strange condition to put in a will. Who lives here with you? My maiden aunt, Uncle Nathaniel's sister, Abigail. If you're watched the way you say you are, how did you get the message in the Chronicle? Well, I wrote a note to the Chronicle, enclosed some money with it in a stamped envelope, and addressed it and dropped it outside of Digby's grocery store yesterday, hoping that someone would find it and mail it. Well, what goes on here? Why all the secrecy? Well, I, I don't know exactly, but but I've seen some of the strangest men around here. I've heard the gatekeeper call our coachman Spider, and I heard Spider call the gatekeeper Clubfoot. Mr. Jasper, that's Uncle's lawyer, says that they're old retainers of Uncle Nathaniel's. The others, he says, are workmen hired to fix the place, but they seem to work only at night. Hmm. What's that? What's that music? That's one of the things that frightens me. It's so ghostly. It comes from the other wing of the house. Have you ever been in that part of the house, Miss Greenhold? No. No, the door to that wing is locked, and I'm not permitted to go there. Mr. Jasper says that Uncle wanted that wing kept sacred to memories of his only love. A girl he met at a dance in the ballroom there one moonlit night. She died the night they were to be married. Hmm. I'd like to get over there and make a little investigation. Well, I can show you the iron door that leads to that wing of the house. You'll find it locked. The Blue Beetle carries master keys to all locks. Let's have a look. Here you are. Right through here. Now down this passageway. Here we are. That's the door to the east wing. Hmm. Now we'll just try these keys. Well, not that one. Here's one that looks as if it might fit. Uh-huh. There we are. Look. Look there. There's shadows of dancers on the wall. But no sound of voices. It's uncanny. It must be... Ghosts. I've always wanted to meet a ghost. You stay here. I'd better lock this door after me. Oh, no, please take me with you, Blue Beetle. I'm afraid to be left alone here. No, no, no. You'll be safer in your part of the house. I'll be back as soon as I've had a look around. (laughs) The Blue Beetle walks into the trap. Down you go into the prison pit with the ghost of the departed pirate captain. So you wanted to meet a ghost. Well, you'll meet plenty down there. Blue Beetle! (laughs) Blue Beetle, what's happened to you? What's happened to the Blue Beetle?
has happened to the Blue Beetle? Who are the strange people who have made Gray Crag's Manor their headquarters? Can the Blue Beetle extricate himself and solve the mystery of the dancing ghosts of Rocky Hills? These questions will be dramatically answered in the next transcribed episode of the Blue Beetle. box feature, appearing in Mystery Men Comics Magazine and the Blue Beetle Magazine. The Blue Beetle is on the air twice a week on this same station. Consult the broadcast schedule in your local newspaper. And don't forget to listen in to The Blue Beetle. by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor, flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. episode of the box feature, The Blue Beetle, is the second part of the story entitled, The Dancing Ghosts of Rocky Hill. In the previous episode, The Blue Beetle, through the personal column of the Chronicle, receives a call for aid from the new heiress at haunted Grey Crags Manor at Rocky Hill. Rumor has it that on moonlit nights, ghostly figures dance in the ballroom of Grey Crags Manor. The heiress, a young girl, Rosalie Greenhold, and her maiden aunt are closely guarded by two persons, a man called Spider, who serves as coachman, and a man with a club foot who claims to have been gatekeeper for the late owner, Nathaniel Greenhold. Entering the manor at midnight, the Blue Beetle talks secretly with Rosalie Greenhold. As the episode ended, the Blue Beetle was investigating the dancing ghost phenomenon when a trap door suddenly opened in front of him and he was catapulted into a deep dungeon. As our story opens today, a Mr. Jasper, attorney for the estate, is talking with Blackie, whom the police suspect of being a desperate criminal. Oh, look, Blackie, suppose you let me handle this situation. After all, I'm the attorney for old man Greenhold's estate and sole executor of the will. But the girl, Jasper, the girl. 
She'll have the cops on our necks. I can handle her. But something's got to be done to keep her quiet. After all, she got a message through to the Blue Beetle and... and... he's lying at the bottom of the pit where pirates used to throw their victims. But is he dead? Oh, the chances are his neck's broken, thanks to the spider. Well, suppose he ain't dead or injured. Well, he's securely locked in. Double locks and an iron door. Well, I'll feel better if I went out and had a look for myself. Well, that's all right, but uh, do it under cover of darkness. What about the girl? I'll fake a message from the Blue Beetle and see that she gets it. She'll think he escaped and is coming back. That'll keep her quiet for a few days until you can move your plates and presses to some other location. They've been there long enough. The place is getting hot. Someone's going to get wise to those phony ghosts and start investigating. Mm, that's right. But by the terms of Nathaniel Greenhold's will, his niece, Rosalie, must live at the manor until she's 21. And if she don't? Then the whole estate, including a fortune in stocks and bonds, goes to charity. With you as executor of the estate, it'll be slim pickings for charity. I see. We understand each other. You've shared your counterfeiting profits with me. I'll share the estate with you. You get your counterfeiting equipment away from there, and we'll put on a haunted house campaign that will scare Rosalie Greenhold and her old maid aunt clear out of the state. Now, just one key left to try. None of the others will fit. There, that's got it. Lucky I landed on my feet in this pit. Now, the Blue Beetle's free of his prison. Hope no one heard me. I'd like to catch whoever's running this show off guard. There's a door. I'll try that. Hmm. A stone stairway. The light at the top of it. Well, here goes. Black, he's taking an awful chance keeping this place as headquarters. Yeah. It was okay for turning out this kind of dough until that dame came to live here. Them dancers upstairs throwing shadows on the windows sure scared folks away from this place. Here. File these bills in the suitcase with the others. Okay. Well, I'll take it. It's probably club for down the gate. Hello? Yeah, Spider's here. Just a minute. That's for you, Spider. Yeah. Hello? What? Blackie says dismantled the press? Yes, yes. What? Good, yes, yes. Okay. Yes, I got you. Huh? Deliver the fake Dore knee to the laundry in Hastings when I take the girl and her aunt for a drive in the morning. So that's how it's done. Goodbye. Well, the Blue Beetle will spoil that little game. But first, I'll have a look upstairs and see what makes the ghosts dance. Well, I took your aunt's place on the drive this morning because I wanted to have a talk with you, Rosalie. What about that? I don't think you trust me, my dear. Why should I? I'm not permitted to have friends at the manor nor to visit outside places alone. Those were your uncle's orders, Rosalie. After all, he wanted to protect you from fortune-hunting men and social parasites who might take advantage of your trusting nature when you came into your fortune. But what about all those strange goings-on at the manor? Why, last night something terrible happened at... Well, what, oh. what about last night? What happened? Oh, I... 
I shouldn't have said anything. Now, is there something you've been keeping from me, Rosalie? After all, your uncle trusted me. Why shouldn't you? Well, last night, the blue beetle... The blue beetle? Why, now, that's very interesting, because I clipped this out of the paper this morning. You may be the Rosalie this was addressed to. Now, here, read it. Rosalie. Had strange experience last night with ghosts, but am safe now. Advise you leave Manor as soon as possible. Signed, the Blue Beetle. Oh, I knew I was right. That terrible place. I won't stay there another night. Well, here we are at the laundry, Mr. Jasper. Shall I take the bag of wash in, sir? Yes, I'll take it in. Uh, But be sure to get a receipt, Spider. Yes, sir. Uh, Just a moment there. I'd like to have a look at that bag. Now, what's the idea of this? Who are you? I'm the sheriff of East Chester County. I've had a telephone call to be on the lookout for you folks. Why, this is an outrage. We're respectable citizens. This young lady is the owner of Gray Craig's Manor, and I'm I'm her attorney. Oh, well, then you won't mind my looking into this suitcase to make sure it's full of dirty clothes and not... Spider, Spider, drive on. We'll not stand for this outrage. Touch those horses, and I'll touch this trigger. Now... Have a look in that suitcase. Hmm. Money. Counterfeit. The Blue Beetle was right. My Blue, Blue Beetle? Beetle? Yes, the Blue Beetle. He phoned me an hour ago. Mr. Jasper, what does this mean? Well, uh, why, somebody must have switched suitcases on us. Well, this is a frame-up. Oh, is that so? Well, I'd say you two are in a tough spot. Now, I, I demand to see your warrant, Sheriff. I stand on my constitutional rights. As a practicing attorney, my advice to you is... As a practicing sheriff, my advice to you, Mr. Attorney, is... Get a good lawyer. What puts on the phone, Blackie? Okay. Hello? What? The ghosts are dancing up at Grey Crags. But it's only midday. Where's Spider? All right, phone up to Slim and tell him to stop the dancers. What? What's that? Slim doesn't answer. Something's gone haywire. You lock the gate and stand guard. I'll be out there pronto. Goodbye.
sorry I can't stay for the final curtain, but I'll read about it in tomorrow's papers. The Blue Beetle's job is done. The dancing ghosts of Rocky Hills will dance no more at Grey Crag's Manor. And so another gang of criminals was rounded up and brought to justice by the Blue Beetle. But Officer Manigan couldn't make the arrest because of being laid up with poison ivy. The moral of this story is deception can never win for long. Truth will always triumph in the end. Also, as Officer Manigan would say, stay away from poison ivy. What new adventures await the Blue Beetle in his unceasing crusade against crime? This question will be answered in the next transcribed episode of the Blue Beetle. feature, appearing in Mystery Men Comics Magazine and the Blue Beetle Magazine. The Blue Beetle is on the air twice a week on this same station. Consult the broadcast schedule in your local newspaper. And don't forget to listen in to The Blue Beetle. So there you go. There is the Blue Beetle in Dancing Ghost of Rocky Hill. Uh, I, I kind of like the format. You know, it's easy to see where the Batman 60s TV series got its two-part episodes. Uh, this is very similar. There's a cliffhanger in the middle where we fear for the life of our hero. <laughs> and then it's resolved pretty quickly in the beginning of the next episode. And then everything's wrapped up. And yeah, I don't know if, if how common this was in radio serials. Um, you know, the shadow is pretty much one caper per episode. So yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see if there was more of these type. Uh, but yeah, I like the format. In this particular instance, it's, it's kind of a Scooby-Doo type thing where strange supernatural things are going on. And, uh, but it all has a practical application uh, because somebody wants money or something like that. And it's funny that we we talk about things being like Scooby-Doo. It really points to how culturally significant Scooby-Doo is. This radio serial happened decades before anybody thought of Scooby-Doo. If anything, anything, Scooby-Doo is derivative of this uh, radio show or radio shows like this. So, but people of my generation, but but even younger people, they they know all about Scooby-Doo. I guess that's because it's come back in movies and and uh, they keep rebooting the, the cartoon and things like that. But uh, this is pretty typical of the radio show. Not, not always something supernatural that turns out to be people wanting money, but it was always some kind of a racket. 
you know, and th that would be foiled by the Blue Beetle. But I, I picked this one because I thought it was particularly fun. It'd be fun to see either an animated or a live action uh, recreation of this with a pocket bulging with all of these skeleton keys or whatever. He's got this humongous ring of keys that he uses to escape. And, uh, you know, he's got this skin-tight chainmail costume on or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so right down by, by his hip, should just be bulging with all these keys. I thought that was pretty funny. But uh, all in all, kind of fun. Um, not as fun as the Ted Cord Blue Beetle. And I'm interested to see what they do with this movie coming out. But yeah, let me know what you think. Did you like this version of the Blue Beetle? You know, I just like the old-timiness of it. It'd also be interesting to hear your comparison between this episode and tomorrow's episode, which is going to be the debut episode of The Shadow. And The Shadow was really the, uh, the standard as far as, uh, you know, the gritty street-level superhero uh, back in the day. In fact, Batman himself and everything else was just kind of derivative of that. Um, so anyway, let, let's let's let tomorrow be tomorrow. I think that's about all I have to say for today. Uh, please go over and check out uh, patreon.com slash journey into. Grab one of the free trials and uh, listen to the things that you don't hear on the main feed and see if you want to have that on a regular basis. I'd love to have you over there. Uh, check that out. And like I just told you, I'll be back tomorrow with The Shadow starring... Orson Welles. Until then, have a great day. Journey on. The Journey Into podcast is produced under Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means that you are encouraged to share this podcast with as many people as you would like. Uh, but please don't change it or sell it and let people know where you got it from. in a title called Mystery Men Comics Number 1. And uh, as you know, or by a company, by Fox Comics at the time, and it uh, debuted... <laughs> oh, you were in here. Oh, I just got the text that you were fueling up, so I figured I had a couple more minutes. <laughs> Pulling up? Did it say fueling? Oh, that's what I read was fueling up. <laughs> oh, I I spoke into it, so maybe it did misinterpret pull, uh, fuel into pulling. Maybe. Or maybe I just didn't read. <laughs>